0: by me, by me, online H- and
1: on your mobile device. Good morning, everyone. This is Shoy with Dimple Times Radio, and we are here with Rick Patterson in the garden. Good morning, Central Ohio. We are here in Circleville, Ohio, with Rick Patterson, and it's time for In the Garden.
0: Good morning, garden enthusiast. I'm sitting here today with Max, and we're going to talk about all kinds of things that deal with gardening. I, uh, I, I saw something funny this morning on Facebook. It said, if you're upset, buy plants. If you're happy, buy plants. If you just got paid, buy pay- plants. If you're stressed, buy plants. If you're bored, Max, what do you do if you're bored?
1: Well, I, I guess you would buy plants. In, in, <laughs> yeah. in my instance, if if I wanted to uh, kill some poor plants, I would buy the plants. Because my green thumb still isn't real good. I, As long as, uh, you know, some of the kids or the wife or someone else is taking care of them, they'll survive. But with me, they're in trouble. We're going to have to convert you, Max. We're going to have to convert you. Well, I like to put it in the ground and, you know, survival of the fittest at that
0: point. <laughs> Well, it went on to say, if you need milk, oh. you buy plants. And if it's your birthday, you buy all the plants. So I thought that was kind of humorous. In May, there's a lot of cold, rainy, drizzly days. And actually, the rain is really good for plants. I mean, the plants are just exploding. My garden is just woken up and the trees are growing, the leaves are growing, the plants are coming up. I mean, it just happens so quickly and rain is really good for your garden first of all it's free you don't have to pay the city for the water and rain is basically uh, it's a soft water uh, there are no salts in it there are no minerals in it no chemicals n- no drugs a lot of times when you use city water the the, the salts and the chemicals and the water build up and the soil and that can be bad for plants it's really tough for plants Rainwater is also slightly acidic, which plants like, and when the rain comes down off the roof into the gutter, uh, it picks up organic material, like some leaf litter, some pollen, bird droppings, and of course the plants like that. They like all that organic material, and of course water, rainwater has nitrogen in it. Now I collect my water and rain barrels. Some people In some some states and some localities, it's against the law to collect rainwater. I think people are afraid of um, the mosquitoes and the Nile virus and all those things. But there are um, biological, natural uh, products that you can buy to put in the water that are harmless to fish, they're harmless to animals, and they don't allow the... I think it's a bacteria. It doesn't allow the larva of the mosquito to develop. So you can have standing water and not have to worry about mosquitoes. I use them in my little pond. I use them in my, um, I have tubs with uh, aquatic plants, and then I use them in these rain barrels. Now what I've done to collect the water, this good, soft, good rainwater, I have a series of trash cans, and I drilled a hole at the top and put a hose in it. So when the water comes down out of the gutter into the can, when that can fills, it flows into the second can through that hose. And then when that can fill, f- fills up, it drains into the third can. So I, in a good rain, I have 100 gallons of rainwater. And I'm, I'm thinking about adding a fourth uh, can. I keep lids on three of the cans And if you really wanted to be fancy, you could put some kind of iron or uh, screen or something on the can that comes from the gutter. I don't do that because I use those those ingredients to keep the mosquitoes from developing. And we're in the garden with Rick. We'll be back in a moment.
1: Welcome back to In the
0: Garden with Rick Patterson. A lot of people uh, have these little ornamental ponds in their garden. And I have a, I have a small one. And I uh, buy these 28-cent goldfish and put in the little pond. And every winter when the pond would freeze, the goldfish would die. And my mother would guilt me. She would say, you can't let those little goldfish die. So I, <laughs> I would spend... A long time in the fall, trying to fish these stupid little goldfish out of my pond, almost fall in the pond, hurt my back. And I finally, I'd catch these little dinky little goldfish, and I'd stick them in a trash can of water in my little greenhouse. And then in the, in the spring, I had to lug them back out to the pond. Well, it got very laborious, and I got really tired of doing it. Can we bring a
1: camera over when you do it this year and record you trying to catch the fish? I think that would be fun. Uh, you just
0: get a big backside. Uh, uh. So anyway, I decided I'm not going to try to catch a stupid fish anymore. So I was in Rural King, and they had these their heaters that you put in uh, cattle and horse uh, for their water so it won't freeze. So I I bought one of those and, you, and it's supposed to have a, th- a thermostat in it. So if it gets below 32, it kicks on, or maybe it's warmer. Than, I don't know. It kicks on and it keeps the water from freezing. So the little fish now can swim around all winter long, and and I don't have to worry about them freezing to death. And
1: well, that's actually kind of cool. You get to see some water
0: and a little. I don't know. I, I think I like that idea better. And my mother's happy that I'm not killing the stupid little fish.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm sure there's some <laughs> listeners right now that are happy too that you're keeping the fish
0: alive, and and. Uh, Helping them go a little bit longer. Well, the other yesterday or a couple days ago, a lot of when the leaves from the trees fall in in, in the fall, of course they go in the water and, and that can be toxic to the fish because of the, the leaves I think it's uh, there's different chemicals they release that the fish don't like and can kill them. So I'm always trying to I had this big fish net thing, and I tried to scoop all of the litter out of the pond, so it doesn't kill these fish. Well, the other day I decided it looked kind of dirty, so I'm in there and trying to get the leaves out. And when I got done, I could only see one fish swimming around. And I thought, I wonder, wonder where the other two fish went. So I went over to all this muck that I'd pulled out of the pond, <laughs> and there's little fish all wrapped up in the muck.
1: Now, did they get stuck
0: beforehand or because you were scooping them out? Later? Well, it's because I, I scooped them out when I was scooping out the leaves. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. So I had to go through the muck that I cleaned out of there and found the poor little fish and I threw them back in. And, and so now there's three fish again. Well, they're probably happy and they're thanking you for it. I'm sure. <laughs> what was funny last winter, I'm, I'm paying a fortune for this electricity to keep these fish alive from this ornamental fish pond. And late in the winter, I looked out my kitchen door window and there were five cats <laughs> sitting all the way around the pond all scrunched down very intently watching those three goldfish. And I thought, they had better not be eating my fish. Well, at that
1: time time of the year, that was probably a heck of a treat. I mean, you figure (laughs) there's no... Everything's frozen, especially
0: the little ponds and stuff. (laughs) Well, little ponds like that are fun in the garden. We can talk about it more later, but uh, just the sound of the water. I have a a concrete turtle, and of course water comes out of its mouth, and the sound of that water is so tranquil and peaceful, and it can drown, off, drown out the traffic noise too on the streets. And again, those cats that are hunting for the fish are always knocking the concrete turtle in the, into the pond, <laughs> and it's quite a deal to have to fish out the, the, uh, the turtle. I also have pots of, of water plants, and papyrus is a really neat plant. You know, that's the plant that grows in Egypt and they would make paper out of. I have a clump of uh, papyrus I've had probably for 20 years. And it's just, it's, it just gives your, your garden a very tropical look. There are a lot of different plants. If, you're, if your pond is in the sun, you can put water lilies. And there's, there's, there are some stores that sell nothing but aquatic plants. Uh, some people put cannas in the water. There are, there are irises that love the water. We talked about that last week, about uh, certain kinds of iris that like uh, a lot of moisture. Um, again, we can talk about that more at a later time, but there are, there are many plants that you can put in your pond, and it just gives us wonderful nuance to your garden, like you're in the tropics somewhere. You're with Rick in the garden. We'll be back in a moment. Hi, this is Rick Patterson with In the Garden with Rick. A few years ago, I wrote a series of children's novels, 415 Raspberry Pickets, a group of a, a boy that moves in with his family, with his uncle and housekeeper, and he finds out they're witches, and he has the ability to speak to trees and plants. There's an evil entity that wants to kill all plant life on Earth, and they use magical herbs and go on great adventures to fight the, the bad guys. They're vampires, they're ghosts, they're witches. It's 415 Raspberry Picket. .com. and we're back with rick patterson
1: and in the garden of course this time we're in the garden with a little pond
0: action <laughs> well max i'm going to change subjects do you know what this this is a good hunting season for something that's plant related
1: oh i was going to say maybe rabbit season or duck season or something like that i didn't know if you were turning into elmer Fudd on me or something
0: i do have an Elmer Fudd hat you you should wear that one of these times. <laughs> <laughs> I've taken pictures and put myself on Facebook of that hat, and it's kind of humorous the people's responses. Well, my guess is
1: is since there's so much moisture, probably because I've seen them growing at different places already, the mushrooms.
0: Right. You're correct. People call them mor morals, morales, morals. I'm not sure they're pronounced the correct pronunciation of it. And April and May is the, is the best time to hunt for these mushrooms, these wild mushrooms. A friend of mine on Facebook that lives down below Chillicothe, she had a basket full of them. I mean, this must be a bumper crop. I was reading on the Ohio Department of Natural Resource uh, Internet site, and they said because of the rain and the cool temperatures, this is a bumper, uh, bumper crop of mushroom this year. There is a bumper crop of mushrooms this year. Now, something that I didn't realize, I mean, my parents, I don't like them. I'm, I, I'm not a big mushroom fan, and I didn't ever like the, the morals, morales, Harry you pronounce them. My parents would batter them and then fry them, and they thought they were such a, de- a delicacy. But I didn't realize that there are black ones, white ones, and yellow ones, and they, they develop at different times throughout the season. The ones that I'm familiar with are white, and they, they resemble little brains, they're all wrinkly and, um, oh, I don't know, maybe four or six inches high. Now, now, are these the ones that are hallucinatory? or No, that's a good point. There there are some that are poisonous that look like the ones you can eat. So I, I, I wouldn't rec- anybody, recommend anybody eating mushrooms unless you really know what you're eating.
1: I was going to say, because to me, a mushroom is a mushroom, but I know some people eat some, some people say don't eat others, and some people say you can still eat those ones that you're not supposed to. But I don't know what you have to do. So I, I just, I don't know. The ones that you can eat and put on pizza, I stay away from those, just like you're saying. <laughs> so I, uh, to me, I'm not a mushroom fan, although they're always cool seeing them in the yard. I don't know. Maybe not the yard. I, I have a field, so I don't really have a yard like normal.
0: There was a, a Clint Eastwood movie. I think he was in the Civil War, and, and he stayed with these women. They poisoned him with poison mushrooms. <laughs> I can't remember the name of the film. Mushrooms, uh... I was reading they're going for uh, 16 ounces of these mushrooms are going for $470 a pound. Holy cow. Yeah. And people are passionate about about finding these. And if you have a, a an area where you know where they're at, it's a it's a, a real secret. You don't want everyone to know where your your mushrooms are. Have to grab Shore and we'll go do some mushroom hunting. <laughs> they say that uh, the mushrooms do well and um with dead wood, and they like and they develop more after a real heavy rain, and they do well when temperatures are like in the 50s. They like um, abandoned orchards, um, ash and elm trees, and um, for some reason they seem to do well under tulip trees. Hmm. So
1: now, do you do you grow any of these intentionally
0: in your yard, or they just pop up sometimes? These are just wild ones that pop up. No, I. Although you can buy mushroom kits. I mean, they're not this kind of mushroom, but you can buy them and put them down in your basement and grow them yourself. Hmm. There's different catalogs that sell those. I tried that one time, and all I got was a bunch of... It was fungus, but it wasn't mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> it was just creepy-looking yellow fungus, and I wasn't about to eat it. Well, that's the probably the stuff that would make you hallucinatory, I think. <laughs> so... You know, I guess it's fun. I mean, it would be fun hiking through the woods and hunting for these. I think that'd be, it'd be fun. But I'm always, I was always afraid as a kid that my parents would pick up the poisonous ones and poison me with them. So I, I mean, they never got poisoned, obviously, but I, as a kid, I always had that fear that they didn't know what they were doing and they'd do me in with...
1: Well, they tasted like poison to me when I ate them because I just never liked the flavor of them. They're not... On pizza, they're not too bad because it tends to blend in right. with whatever's there. Right. But I've had them a couple times on salads and, and is it... <laughs> truffle is that a mushroom right
0: they say they say that uh, the what they call black truffles that are in europe
1: that was like the nastiest stuff i'd ever tasted i i I had to hold back to not get sick when i ate those one time
0: that's supposed to be a real delicacy
1: uh i'll stick with my salt and vinegar chips or something or something (laughs) different We're back after saving the fish from definite disposal and adding a little
0: heat and needing a few mushrooms, Rick is in the garden. <laughs> Thanks, Max. Several years ago, I taught in Kenya. I taught twice, and we were talking about all these cool rainy days. Where I lived in Kenya was in the highlands, and it rained every day, and it would get kind of chilly. And for a very short time, I lived with this guy, and we weren't really totally compatible. The little truck it was like a taxi would drop you off in the village and then it was 6.6 miles to his house now where i was at was up in the highlands and it was the air was thinner and even though i was in my 20s at the time it was still kind of i wasn't used to the to the thinner air it was harder to breathe and it would pour rain like i said every morning and it would become like axle grease i mean you would take two steps forward and slide back a step. I mean, it was terrible. So I walked through the, I walked the 6.6 miles and I got to this guy's house. I stand with for a short time. And I told him, I said, this place is nothing but a God forsaken mud hole. And he looked at me and he was so pious. And he said, it may be a mud hole, but it's not God forsaken. So every time, <laughs> every time I'm out in the rain, I think of him, uh, corrected me that uh, just because it's raining, it's not God-forsaken. Well, and
1: probably to him, that's norm. You know, it's it's not
0: anything unusual. He's used to the mud holes. He's used to the rain. Well, I was glad to get out of his house. <laughs> Tell you the truth. You know, this time of year, it's kind of exciting. I went to the store the other day and uh, went to Rural King, and boy, they have some nice plants out there. And I got several nice perennials. Uh, Some black uh, sedum, that's a succulent that likes uh, dry, sunny areas and it blooms in the fall. Uh, Some Rex begonias, they're begonias that are known for their beautiful variegated leaves. And I I like those super sweet 100 tomatoes. They're real sweet cherry tomatoes, we got a couple of those. And then they had um, Cosmos. Now Cosmos, you you can grow those easily from seed. And there's all kinds of great varieties of Cosmos, but I bought a flat of them. I, was, I don't want to wait for the seed to come up. I thought I'd just like to plant them now while they're blooming. And then a lot of the stuff that I've ordered through the mail is starting to arrive. And I can remember when I was working how exciting it was to come home and see these plants on the porch, these boxes of plants. It's like Christmas, you know, like in May. So they're starting to arrive. So I'm going to have my, May's a very busy time for uh, gardeners. So I have to ask, uh, from the reference you gave at the beginning of this broadcast,
1: uh, what was the occasion that you bought plants for? Was it your birthday,
0: or or what? What was the occasion or reason? Oh, it might have been to see probably one, two, three, four, probably five of the. I don't drink milk, so it was probably five of the six. So I guess the other <laughs> question
1: is, is: Do you really need a reason to buy plants? No.
0: <laughs> no. When you're, uh, when you're addicted to them, and a lot of gardeners are addicted, you just, you just buy them and hope you can find room to plant them. Something else I noticed the other day, which might sound kind of weird, but there are actual groups on Facebook that watch television shows and see if the plants that are in the show match up to where the storyline is in the, in the movie or the TV show. And it's a big thing, and I've even found myself doing this. Like, for example, a couple years ago, there was a movie, a made-for-TV movie about a policewoman in Columbus who did some things in her personal life, and they fired her, and she was suing. Well, in the the film, she's on 270, and there's palm trees and mountains in the background. (laughs) Now, I haven't been to Columbus for a while, but I don't think there's any mountains or palm trees. Well, there's no palm trees in the state, and I know, to me, anything that's
1: got a hill it's a hill in ohio i don't really think there's mountains in ohio when you go to virginia and other states that have mountains pennsylvania yeah pennsylvania west virginia
0: then you see mountains these are just hills around here i uh one of my favorite tv shows is leave it to beaver it's a 50 60 sitcom about a family an american family during that time and they live in a town called mayfield And many people think that Mayfield's in Ohio because they make several references to Ohio in the show. The father's from Ohio. They went to school in Ohio. But when you're watching the show, it's obvious it can't be filmed in Ohio because of the plants. So that might sound like a real nerdy thing. But like I said, there's actual groups of people that that really study this. I can believe it. I can believe it. And I want to give another example, the Waltons. The Waltons are supposed to take place in Appalachia. Well, when they show pictures of the mountains, those trees don't grow in Virginia. They grow out west. <laughs> so people that know about trees and pine trees, you've that immediately. So maybe to the casual observer, they don't realize that. But the mountains they show or the plants, the trees they show in the Waltons aren't trees that grow in Appalachia.
1: Great. I'm going to be cursed to watching the trees and plants <laughs> to make sure they match up with wherever they're supposed to be. Not cursed, but I I already watch for bloopers, you know, where something doesn't match up. Like they said something and it was different or something, whatever, a cartoon or anything. Uh, I like to catch where it
0: didn't quite make sense or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be watching for trees now. <laughs> and then just another point here. Um, when you watch these old shows like Stargate, X-Files, the scenes, the streets are wet. The cars are always wet. And it's because it's filmed in Columbia, British Columbia. And it rains a lot. It's a rainforest. So if you watch some of these, these films, a lot of shows are being filmed in British Columbia because apparently it's cheaper for them to, uh, to film them there.
1: This edition of In the Garden with Rick is part of Dimple Times Radio, an RTD Media Broadcast. Read more
0: by Rick. Be sure to pick up a copy of the Dimple Times newspaper, which is distributed on newsstands in Fairfield, Pickaway, Ross, and Fayette counties on the second and fourth Thursday of each month. You can also read more articles by Rick at dimpletimes.com. Online and on your smartphone, unique by nature.